0: Draw your attention to the screen. Um, As we continue through the Apostles' Creed, we come to the one-offs. And so as you turn to John 14, uh, verses 15 through 21, we've gone through the story of Jesus' life, and now we get to these these one-off statements. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church. Communion of saints. Forgiveness of sins. You'll also notice that um, in the title slide, both here and on the bulletin, um, that, that Catholic isn't capitalized. And I can tell you of those who care a lot about grammar on staff that has been just like a bothersome thing throughout the week, but the whole reason that we do it um, is so that we don't confuse uh, when we're talking about the church worldwide, which is lowercase c, Catholic is an adjective to describe all the different churches as opposed to one singular church, the Roman Catholic Church, Which is one of many. Now, how did we get here to all these different denominations and everything else? Well, that's a different sermon for a different day. But today we look at the Holy Spirit and the Holy Catholic Church and how they go together. How is the Holy Spirit involved both in Scripture and throughout the world as the church continues on, both here in Holland and in Haiti? From, I would say, Zealand to Zimbabwe, to all corners of the earth. Where is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit up to? And how does that relate to the church as we know it? I would offer this lens as we read both John 14, 15 through 21, which is our primary text, as well as different supporting texts from the handout. There's three different things that are similar, but really different. There's horses. There are zebras and there are unicorns, okay? Horse, zebra, unicorn. Now, which one of those would you, do you think of when you think of the Holy Spirit? Probably none of them, but here's the lens that I have in mind. A horse is a plain, common, familiar thing that does a lot of work and a lot of labor, okay? A hundred years ago, we would all need a horse just for our everyday work hundred years, give or take. A zebra is more exotic and exciting. And to the best of my knowledge, none of you have a zebra on your property. And if you do, it's illegal. Zebras are more exotic. They're not native to this place. Zebras are something we could go to a zoo and see, but it's not our everyday occurrence. Or we can go to other parts of the world where it's really, really common to see zebras. Sometimes we might think of the Holy Spirit like that. Well, yeah, the Holy Spirit's this kind of exotic thing that happens here and there. Uh, we, can, we can go maybe to like a weird church service and see the Holy Spirit doing stuff or people doing stuff and they say it's the Spirit. Eh, fuzzy line. Or we can go to other places in the world where the Holy Spirit seems to show up differently. Or unicorn fantastical, magical, almost inexplicable, no one's ever really seen them except I would make a case that a rhinoceros is basically a unicorn with body armor. But that aside, a unicorn is a mythological beast. We don't see them. They just but we know what they are. We know what we're talking about. We could read books about them, but we'd never expect to see one. We can think of the holy spirit like that on accident sometimes, where we kind of turn the holy spirit into the unicorn character of scripture. Where it's this thing that we read about, but, I mean, it almost feels made up or so far away. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, it existed in the book of Acts in the New Testament, but that's about it. That's where we tunnel vision thinking the Holy Spirit is more like the unicorn. What if the Holy Spirit's a little bit of all those? That the common day-in, day-out faith that we profess, that we wrestle with, that we cling to, the everyday horse kind of thing is the Holy Spirit. And there's moments where the Holy Spirit does something special. I'd call those zebra moments. And there are the miracles that defy expectation that we can't wrap our minds around because it almost doesn't seem real. Those are unicorn moments that the Holy Spirit can give us as well. So as we go through with that lens, horse, zebra, unicorn, I invite you to pay attention and and follow along in the handout as well of the different ways that the Holy Spirit shows up. But first, we're going to read John 14, which is where Jesus gives this first introduction into what we should expect. Because this is in the farewell discourse of John. Jesus knows that he's about to be betrayed and crucified. And so he's giving his disciples final instructions. And that includes a a preparation of what to expect with the Holy Spirit coming to us. So... Before we read God's word together, let's pray, and then after the reading of God's word, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, and I invite you to respond, thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, may your word be our rule, your Holy Spirit, our everyday teacher, and your glory, Jesus, your name being lifted high. May that be our primary concern, in how we read your word, in how we live our lives, in how we love our neighbor. Speak to us today, O God, for we, your servants, listen for your truth. Amen. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or counselor to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. we get the immediate sense from Jesus that the Holy Spirit is a, a person of the Trinity, not some, not some mysterious universal force. If anyone's been influenced by any kind of science fiction, the Holy Spirit's not some force that's just out there. The Holy Spirit's not like gravity or any other kind of law or, well, Jake could definitely walk us through some universal constants and all that cool physics stuff. The Holy Spirit is personified, There is this spirit of truth. There is a being that is one with the Father and the Son. That Jesus is saying, I have walked with you in the flesh. You could walk alongside of Jesus, but I'm going to heaven. As we heard Ben preach last week, Jesus is ascending to sit at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. But he's not going to leave us alone. The comforting words in John, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send my Holy Spirit that instead of walking alongside of Jesus, we will walk in step with the Spirit in our hearts. Horse, zebra, unicorn. This sounds mysterious, but also this assurance that this, this day-to-day relationship, there is a constant connection that the Holy Spirit will have with us. And even this work around, if you love me, keep my commands, the one who loves me will be loved by my Father, This is also the work of the Holy Spirit, that we lean on the Holy Spirit to be able to keep God's commands. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us, in us, through us. And this is where some of our language can be very helpful from the catechism. So if you have the handout, you can read along with me. You don't have to say the words out loud. Part of the reason I didn't want to throw a whole bunch of stuff on the screen is sometimes it's You you get caught up in trying to read it correctly, and we can lose the emphasis of the words themselves. But the Heidelberg Catechism question and answer number 53 says, what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? And the answer we're given in the Catechism is this. First, that the Spirit with the Father and the Son is eternal God. Okay, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all eternal. Second, that the Spirit is given also to me, so that through true faith he makes me share in Christ and all his benefits through true faith comforts me and will remain with me forever. The Spirit is given to me that in true faith he makes me share in Christ and all his benefits through faith and that he will be with me forever. The Holy Spirit is involved in our salvation, in the big moments, but also in the every day we get the idea that the Holy Spirit is eternal, that it can be a, a mistake on our part if we think that the Holy Spirit gets created in the book of Acts, when in, in Acts when the tongues of fire descends on the apostles and they all speak in different tongues and it's kind of this unicorn moment of like, what is going on? This has no explanation, but it's something that God is up to and it's the Holy Spirit's work of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and it's continuing that work of every language, tribe, and nation, and tongue, having the gospel made known to them. The Holy Spirit is in that work. And that's kind of a unicorn moment. But the Holy Spirit didn't just show up on the scene then. Rather, even back in Genesis, in the beginning of the Bible, in the beginning of the world, we're told that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God Was hovering over the waters. The Holy Spirit is eternal, just as eternal as God the Father and God the Son, so we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit didn't just show up in the New Testament, but rather throughout the Old Testament, there are times where different gifts are given to people. God's Spirit is portioning gifts to people at different times for different reasons, from the building of the temple to the raising up of the prophets. In Isaiah chapter 59, we're reminded of God's covenant with his people, God's promises. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit who is on you and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouth of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on and forever, says the Lord. It's once again, the Holy Spirit who is on the people of Israel. Now, when we think about keeping promises, I think we think more about willpower. We think about making good decisions. Keeping promises, that's an effort thing, isn't it? Except when it's God's promises to us, for us to hold on to those promises, that is the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That, that we can't keep our promises to God, and we do even that imperfectly, but we keep our covenant with God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, because God is always holding up God's end of the bargain. Without the Holy Spirit, we would think this work in Isaiah would just be good teaching, passing on on God's promises one generation to the next. Isn't that really just a matter of education and catechism? In a way, yes, there's all kinds of information that we pass on from one generation to the next. But we get the sense that God is up to something and that God won't let go of God's people of saying, I am going to preserve faith in you. I think we need the Holy Spirit to even preserve our faith, for our faith to be preserved in us. And as we go through hard times in life, as we get hit by a curveball here and there, or maybe when it just seems like, chronic frustration and that we just can't catch a break. In those moments, it's the Holy Spirit holding on to us that helps us to hold on to our faith and even to wrestle with it, to maintain it. So sometimes it is a breakthrough moment that maybe we could think of as more of a zebra moment. And yet, it's that day-to-day work. It's that the Holy Spirit is present when we open our Bible and it just blows our minds like we've never seen that there before. And the Holy Spirit is just as involved as when we open our daily devotional and we work through it and it just kind of sits there. This is also the work of the Spirit in us in those horse moments that are just the day-to-day activities of living a life of faith. Jesus instructed us to baptize making disciples of all nations and baptizing them how? In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And we'll do that in just a few weeks. Travis and Kim will be here with Micah and we'll hold Micah and we will proclaim God's promises over Micah and we will baptize him in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit just as has been being done since the days of Jesus. This is also the Holy Spirit's work in and through us from one generation to the next. The Holy Spirit is present and personal and comes to us from the Father and the Son so that we can have God's promises held alive within us. So the Holy Spirit is not some added extra, not some bonus. The Holy Spirit is the work that is always happening In our hearts. Moving into Acts, in Acts 9 and Acts 20, we hear about the Holy Spirit was encouraging the believers. In Acts 20, when there's there's instruction given to the church in Ephesus, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, the Holy Spirit is active and involved. In 1 Corinthians 6, we're told that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, and that we're reminded with that, that the Holy Spirit, which holds on to the promises in our hearts, that we are not our own, but we're bought at a price. We were bought with the price of Jesus' blood, but the knowledge of that and the, the faith in Christ comes to us through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that's an exciting moment. Sometimes there's the great, grand things. But there's also just the everyday living out our faith and wondering, God, what do you have for me today? What do you have in store for me? I wonder where we got so tunnel-visioned, and I have some suspicion. But I think sometimes our tunnel-visioning the Holy Spirit into kind of the unicorn character of that out-there, far-off thing comes to us when we, we only think the Holy Spirit does the big stuff. And certainly there's exciting miracles and the Holy Spirit is involved in every miracle of healing and resurrection and speaking in tongues and supernatural discernment. That's the work of God's Holy Spirit. And every baptism, every profession of faith, especially the class that you can sign up that Jake and I will be teaching, every moment where we pray to God, I would say every moment where we struggle and wrestle with God, this is the Holy Spirit's work within us. The moments where we, have, we come to God in deep solitude, where we set aside time as a discipline to dwell with God, and the moments where we just say, God, help me in passing out of desperation. This is where the Holy Spirit is always present. Every moment where we're patient and kind and loving, Bearing out the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, as well as every moment where we confess before God and we say, I was wrong and I have sinned. Every victorious moment where we get it right, where we get to love our neighbor well, where we get to understand faith well, this is the Holy Spirit and the conviction of knowing, I got it wrong. I said that wrong. I treated my neighbor not in a way that I should have. This is also the work of the Holy Spirit. In First Corinthians 12, we get a long list of gifts, though it's not the, the, it's not the finished list of what the Spirit does. But we're told in 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 1, that about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one is speaking by the Spirit of God can say, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, from there, we get the list of things that I think are exciting, more of the zebra moments of the Holy Spirit. But did you catch that phrase, the common good? Here, we don't mean common as in boring. We mean common as in shared. Because the Holy Spirit's work is in building up the church. And the church is Christ's bride, Christ's body, imperfect, and yet here gathered, a missionary people. And as we go into the next century, this next generation that we live into, as a church, we need to retrain our minds that we are missionary training centers as the church, that we gather to worship God, but also to know how do we share Jesus with the world? This is the Holy Spirit that we seek after in these moments. It is the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding that gives us gifts for the common shared good. This should be for the good of the world for those of our neighbors around us. But it is the Holy Spirit that protects our faith in moments of trial, corrects us in moments of error. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives us that joy when we get to celebrate a job well done or a breakthrough or an answered prayer. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit as well. The Holy Spirit has those unicorn moments that are hard to believe and the zebra moments that are exciting and just different from what we're used to. But the Holy Spirit is also the day-to-day workhorse of our faith. How does this help us to remember it? And remember, it reminds us that we're not doing this on our own that we were not left here on our own between the time that Jesus ascended to heaven and until Jesus returns, but rather we were given a gift that God would dwell with us, that God would bear with us, that God would be patient with us and for us in moments of struggle, that this is the work of the Holy Spirit. And so the moments of celebration, the moments where we have something on our prayer list and it gets answered quickly, That's the Holy Spirit. And also, I think, dwelling in our hearts when we feel chronic fatigue and struggle and hardship. This also is an area where we need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was involved in Acts in Pentecost when everyone was speaking in different tongues so the gospel could be proclaimed. And the Holy Spirit is just as involved with missionaries learning a new language so that they can communicate with people who are speaking a different language than them. These are all gifts of the Spirit. They're not all downloaded into our brains like some sort of instant miracle, but it's also the patience of the Holy Spirit within us that allows us to endeavor on holy ways, that gives us the strength that we need to persevere for causes that matter. This is also the Holy Spirit. And throughout the scriptures, in Old and New Testament, when people are turning to God for wisdom, James says it best in that if we turn to God for wisdom, we ask and it will be given to us. The Holy Spirit is the part of the Trinity that we appeal to. When we're looking ahead to, well, how are we going to vote? And what is our country going to look like? It should be the Holy Spirit that we appeal to then as well. God, give me guidance, give me discernment. Discernment is one of the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians 12. Give me wisdom and discernment. We need this. We need that from each other. And also, the Holy Spirit will be the same one who will train and correct our hearts to say, and how will I continue to be a missionary witness for Jesus to those who vote, live, act differently than myself? These are all works of the Holy Spirit. And it's not Just for us, it is for our common shared good. To not hold here as a fortress of holiness, but to take into the world. It is the Holy Spirit who will go with you throughout your day. It is the Holy Spirit who will be right inside your heart as you pray this week. It will be the Holy Spirit that will maybe be bothering you if you should be praying and simply aren't. It'll be the Holy Spirit that will lead you into wrestling with Scripture deeply, and it will be the Holy Spirit That will make some things jump out of the pages with life at you so friends i pray that we have those day-to-day horse workhorse understandings of the holy spirit i hope that throughout our lives god blesses us with some zebra moments where the spirit does something exciting and maybe one or two of us will have one of those unicorn moments where miracles happen before our eyes, but in each and every case, this is the work of the same Holy Spirit within us for the common good. I believe in the Holy Spirit, and I believe that through the Holy Spirit, God continues to raise up and equip and preserve the Holy Catholic Church, both now and for every day until Christ returns and makes all things new. Amen. Let's pray. God, your Holy Spirit is a gift for us to not take for granted. Help us to read our Bibles and read our world and pay attention in our lives well, to see ways in which you are at work, ways in which you will be at work, and speak to us daily. Help us to listen well, to hear well, and to discern your perfect will for us. This we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.